Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fear. Fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host today, as always. And my quote today is by Carmen Jacob. Isn't it a paradox that we want the new version of everything, but we fear to change our minds? Now, we have a great guest for you today. Speaker, teacher, writer, and researcher Liam Naden helps you understand the process for creating true success in your life by understanding how to use your brain in the right way and overcome your problems, achieve your goals, and end frustration. Yes, this is going to be a very good show. He's the host of the podcast, Using Your Brain for Success, author of Rebalancing Your your brain for success and creator of neurostate rebalancing, a process which automatically gets your brain working the right way to bring you the life you want. There's a lot more, but let's just dive in and bring them on the show. Hello, Liam. How are you today? I'm great, Heather. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Before I dive into some questions okay. about balancing your brain how about you share with me is there anything that i missed is there anything that you'd like to share with people about your journey of how you got to where you are today well i guess it's a little bit interesting because i've been an entrepreneur and business person virtually all my life um, but something happened to me in my mid-40s that should never have happened because in addition to being a business person and entrepreneur i've always been a student of success i've always really from a child, tried to figure out how can I be happy? How can I have more? How can I be successful? And I tried lots of different things from religion, spirituality, self-help, personal development, motivation, spirituality. You know, I was the person who, who would go to all the seminars, do the firewalks, read the books, do the courses, listen to all the tapes, of reprogramming your subconscious mind and changing your beliefs and carrying out my affirmations, having all my goals planned out. Mm -hmm. So because I was an expert in success, what happened to me in my mid-40s really puzzled me because what actually happened was I went from being a multimillionaire to losing absolutely everything and becoming homeless. And I literally had to move in with my elderly mother and sleep on the sofa in her small apartment. And it really puzzled me because I thought, how can this have happened? I, I've read all the books. I know how to motivate myself. I know how to change my thoughts and beliefs and set goals. And, and this should never have happened. So what really came out of that experience, it really propelled me in a, in a completely different direction in my life. And that's really what I'm, I'm on about now with sharing with people is what you can really do to create success in your life. Because my life went in a much better direction and it was only when I started to figure out what I was doing differently that I could that that I could actually put the put a a, a description on it and figure it out. And uh, it's quite different to what we've really been taught. And it all comes down to this thing I discovered: what's between our ears, our brain. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear because I think that, that that does happen to a fair number of people where they wake up one day and 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 ask the question how did I get here? Right. So yeah. let's, let's dive into that. 
um, this secret of success that you came across. Tell us a little bit more about what you learned and what our listeners might be able to take away from that experience. Okay, well, I should say my life did go in a much better direction. And the, re the real difference between my previous life, which was successful on the outside, but full of stress and problems and struggle and you know, dealing with challenges all of the time and having these beliefs that you have to overcome struggle to be successful and that problems are just a part of being successful. None of that really happened to me after that experience of losing everything because as I put my life back together, things were going in a much better and a very different way. And instead of me having to chase success, success sort of just came to me. People would show up. I would get ideas. Opportunities came along to do things like set up new businesses um, and meet new people and do different things that were a lot less struggle and a lot less, um, full, there were no problems, there was no stress attached to it. So I think that's really the key and that's what we're all looking for is to live a life where we feel in control of our situation and we feel like we're really being the best that we can be and we're enjoying our life, not this the price you pay for success is struggle and problems, you know, which is what I, what I used to believe. So when, I, when my life was going like that, which it still is, I'm, I'm delighted to say, um, I thought, I need to figure out what I'm doing here. What's the difference? And I thought, well, I, I've tried all that stuff. I've, I've really tried it and I've really learned to apply it all. But putting all that aside, um, what's the difference? And I thought, I'm going to start with right at the bottom with a basic question, which is, who am I and why am I here? When I really ask myself that question, I mean, people might say, you know, there have been thousands of books and philosophers and psychologists and scientists all attempt to answer that question. And we might all have different ideas on who we are and why we're here. But there's one thing we can all agree on, and that is we are biological. There's a part of us that is a biological, we're, we're a physical biological being. We're part of the human race, which is a biological species. And we live in a biological world. So I thought, well, does that have a purpose? What's my biological purpose on a really fundamental level? And every biological scientist will tell you that the purpose, that your purpose biologically is to survive and thrive. And we've all heard of that. But what that really means is the better that you are, the more you're able to survive and do your really your biological duty or fill out your role to ensure that not only you survive, but the species survives as well. And that's how all of nature is set up, is to aim and to be the best they can be to give it the greatest chance of survival. So a few things come out of that. One is that being the best you can be doesn't just mean physically. It doesn't just mean you're strongest so you can fight off attackers or you know, resist disease or heal from injury. It also means mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Because when you're, when you're at your best mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, what are you? You're your most creative. You're most resourceful. You're your most motivated. That's when you give the most in terms of love and help to other people. And it's when you contribute the most, not only to yourself, but to the rest of the, the human species. So in a very real and practical sense, our purpose for being here is to be happy. Because when we're, the happier we are, the more we are, the better we are. That's being the best we can be, is to be happy. Mm. So we thought, well, this is odd. Why isn't, is it that most people aren't happy? 
If this is our biological purpose is to be happy, that's what we're here for. That's what we're designed for. So I thought, well, there must be something that's provided to us to enable us to achieve that. This must be something in our physical environment or about us. And it turns out there is. We've all been given a machine with the singular purpose of making us survive and thrive and be the best we can be, be the happiest we can be, and that's our brain. Our brain is simply a machine designed to do that, to look after our survival. And the funny thing is, what I realized when I started to research this about how the brain actually works, I thought, this is so weird, but no one's ever taught us how to use our brain. Because although it's incredibly powerful, and if we knew how powerful it was, we would stop everything and want to find out about it, because it really has far more power than any other thing that exists in the universe that's known of, known of, known about. So despite its power, though, it is a machine and it works in a specific biological way. And, and you can compare it to a car. Is You look at a, a car and you say, well, I have a car. It's a machine. What's the function of a car? It's to get you from where you are to where you want to go. And it's designed to do that efficiently, smoothly, enjoyably for you, and predictably. You don't question it. Is it going to get me there? But here's the thing about a car. You wouldn't dream of getting into a car and expecting it to do its job if you didn't know how to drive it. So we all take driving lessons before we get into a car and expect to drive it. And we know there's no way it's going to work if you don't know how to drive it. You know, you can't just sit in there and go, well, what are all these buttons and what are these levers and expect it to move? But our brain is the one machine that can give us, every, is designed to give us everything we want. But no one's told us that we even have to learn to drive it, let alone how it works. And I often compare it, you know, if you think about the car analogy, what happens to people is they get in the car of their life, which is their brain, and they go, well, I don't know how to use this, but it's like getting into a car and going, um, well, hang on. Oh, it's got wheels. Perhaps the way to get this car to where I want to go is I'll get out from and behind and I'll push and I'll put on all of this enormous effort mm. and I'll, maybe that's the way the car is supposed to be used. And of course, what happens then? You get tired, you get exhausted and worn out, and you don't really go very far. And it's a struggle. And you might even damage yourself. And then you would say, or you might say, well, this all sounds ludicrous, doesn't it? But you, then you might say, the problem is me. I'm not strong enough. I'm not motivated enough. I need to build up my muscles and be more determined and overcome the challenges of getting this car to move me to where I want to go. And all you needed to do was to realize, to learn how to drive it, hop in the driver's seat, press a few buttons, um, turn, turn on the engine, and you would know that it would just take you there without, and in a really enjoyable way. And if you ended up with a problem, then you would know you were doing something wrong with the car. Maybe you had the, the foot brake on and the accelerate at the same time, which is how many people live their life, of course. Yes. You know? and, um, and, and a problem would show up and you wouldn't say, oh, well, a problem is natural. It's natural to have problems when you drive a car. Of course, it's always going to break down and have problems. You wouldn't say that. You're saying, I'm doing something wrong to create a problem. And it turns out in a very real sense, what I've discovered is problems in life are a sign that you're actually using this machine of your brain the wrong way. Mm. And the problem, if you like, is nobody's taught us how to drive it. We don't even, even know that it's a machine. We don't even really know its true purpose or its true power, but certainly no one has said, at school or anything else, right? Well, if you want to get on in life, 
this is the machine, this is how you use it, and then it's going to work the way it's supposed to and give you the ideal life you're supposed to have, your biological purpose. Simple okay. as that. I, I love this analogy. I think it makes it so clear for people. I'm a story person. I think that we gain um, a lot more from hearing something explained through a story. So I absolutely love that. So let's say that we have some listeners today who were like, oh, you know what? I haven't been driving my car properly. I probably don't even know how to drive my car. And of course, we're inserting brain. So if you had some people that you're talking to right now who were like, you know what? I, I want brain driving 101. What, what would you tell them? What would be the one or two nuggets that you would share to help them start to figure out how to use it? Well, I'd probably start with an explanation of the four parts of the brain and how they work. And then, then because the, the, there's a little bit of a problem with a nugget or a quick fix. Yeah. It's a, because another story I like to use is you go into your house one day and you see there's a crack on the wall. And you go, I've got a problem. I need to fix it. How do I fix it? I'll figure out how you fix cracks in the wall. And you go to the hardware store and you buy the stuff and you, you patch it all up. And you go, great, problem solved. You come home the next day and there's two cracks in the wall. And you do the same thing. And every day you come in, there's more and more cracks in the wall. So you're staying really busy with your quick fixes. And you're thinking, well, I, I'm finding the solution here with a quick fix. All I need to do is keep and I'll just keep busy with all these little quick fixes and it makes me feel like I'm making progress. But when you actually stop and realize what's going on, when you change your awareness, you realize I shouldn't be doing this. I should be getting under the house and finding out why all the cracks are appearing, not trying to, you know, when you've got a problem, that's a symptom that you're using a machine the wrong way or it's in the house analogy, it's a symptom that there's something wrong with your house. So if you can take the time to understand and to investigate what the foundations are, what the structure is of your house, how it's designed to be, then you're going to have to do some work on fixing the foundations. But then you can actually stop with all this messy busyness and just enjoy your life living in the house. So right. that's well, a long-winded way of saying I've got to... change the, the question then. Um, not necessarily, I wasn't necessarily looking for a quick fix, but I want to know where they would start. So, so, so what you're saying is I want to start by taking the time to honor and understand my brain, right? Okay. Is that I'll accurate you... or no? Yeah. That's what you should do. That's what okay, you, you need good, to do good, some good. research. And that's, of course, what I teach. But I can give you a really quick mini lesson in your brain okay. how it works. You've got four parts to the brain. Uh -huh. And I've simplified all of this, taken out all of the jargon, and created a model that actually describes how it works without you know, having to know too much technical stuff. Uh -huh. But here it, is, here it is in a really quick nutshell. The four parts of your brain, the first part is your thinking brain. So this is the part on your top of top of your head. And what this part does is it takes all of the information in every moment of your life from your five senses, what you see, smell, taste, touch, hear, and also your thoughts. And it stores all of that information, all of your experience, all of your knowledge in this part, in the, think, in the thinking part of your brain. It's like a library or a database, if you like, of all of your experience and knowledge. The second part of your brain is your emotional brain, your feeling brain. And this is located just under the, the thinking brain. Mm -hmm. And this is the part that's responsible for, as the name suggests, how you feel. So it produces chemicals to make you feel in a certain way. 
from really good, you know, happy, loving, creative and enjoying life to not good, stressed, worried, afraid. That's all taken care of by your emotional brain. The third part of your brain is your survival brain. This is at the back of the head. And this is responsible for everything about your survival that you're not thinking about or you're not feeling. So in other words, it's all of your automatic functions in your body, your breathing, your heart rate, your organs functioning, all of these things. And it has one other very important um, function, and that is it has a, a thing called the survival instinct or the fight, flight, freeze response. And that, that, that is there for one very specific purpose. And we'll see, see how people will start to see how they're using the brain the wrong way when I get into this. But that only exists for one purpose. And that is when you are facing an immediate threat to your survival, something that is right in front of you that right here, right now is going to damage you or even kill you. So the, you know, the famous one about the lion in the forest in prehistoric times. Mm -hmm. When a lion comes out of the forest completely unexpected, and, and is roaring and running towards you, you, your survival brain activates something called the sympathetic nervous system, and it kicks you into reaction to get rid of this danger instantly, without thinking, without evaluating it, anything, without doing any of that. You've just got to react. So you might run away, or you might shout out for help, or you might stand and try and fight. Whatever it is, this is all, this is a function of the survival brain. And that's very, very, it's vital, isn't it, to our survival to be able to do that. If we're faced with an immediate danger, that's the clue. Yeah. But the fourth part of the brain is has relatively more recently been identified and researched by scientists, by neuroscientists, and I call it the creative part of your brain, the creative brain. And this is the part of your brain where you where you get aha moments, inspiration. It's where your creativity is. This is the part that musicians say or composers say. I just heard the music and I wrote it down. Or an artist might say, I just saw the picture and I painted it. Mm -hmm. Now, this doesn't come from your thoughts. It doesn't come from your feelings. And it's not an instinct. This comes from somewhere else. And it, this is the part that also with all your motivation and where you get these, these new ideas, they all come from your creative brain. And when your level of awareness is such that you realize this and you realize that there's no such thing as luck in this universe, this part of your brain also brings to you all of the situations, the people, the circumstances that you need to be the best you can be. Your brain is literally working for you to bring the right people into your life, to get you to make the right decisions, to not make the wrong decisions, to see the big picture about what's going on, to come up with new and creative ideas for the benefit of yourself and humanity. This is all handled by the creative brain. And in actual fact, the way we're designed to live is we're supposed to live in that state virtually all of the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's called being in the flow, in the zone. You're supposed to live in this creative state because that's when your brain is working to make you the best that you can be. That's the part of your brain that does all of this. And it obviously uses the thinking brain and the feeling brain and the, the survival brain. They all have a role to play. But the driver is your creative brain. But there's only one time when you're not supposed to be happy, feeling good, making the right decisions, coming up with good ideas. This is also the part, by the way, where your motivation is, where you feel motivated to do things and you're productive and resourceful and all these great things happening. There's only one time when that's not appropriate, when that doesn't work, if you like, and that's when the lion comes running out at you. Yeah. You don't use that part of your brain. You kick, And what happens is, 
your brain, when it sees there is an immediate danger, it literally shuts down that part of your brain because that part of your brain is not helpful to fight off a lion. It's no good you being creative and imaginative and feeling resourceful <laughs> when you've got to react. Yeah. So all of the energy, in fact, all of the energy from your entire body goes to the parts of your body that are, that are designed and most able to fight off that attacker. That's why your heart rate increases. And that's why you breathe faster when you're face, facing a danger. And the beauty is the signal that you're in that state is, is when you feel fear. Because what actually happens is your emotional brain sends a signal, warning, danger, immediate threat, sends a message, feel fear, and then you react, you go into the state. But here's the thing, when you're in that state, you not only can't see the big picture, you can't um, see anything else other than the danger, but you're in a very negative state because your brain is literally focused on finding all of the, looking for all of the threats, all of the problems that have to be eliminated. So the lion's there. What's that noise? Is that a snake in the grass that might attack me? How many lions are there? It's looking out for threats and danger. But here's the problem. Most people are living in that state all the time. They're feeling fear, anxiety, worry. And what they're doing, they don't realize that's the wrong way to use your brain because all of the resources you need to solve any problem in your life and create your ideal life, they're all shut off from your, your brain. You can't access that. It's not because your brain is telling you or you're telling yourself that there's an immediate danger. So get into survival mode. Don't need creativity. Don't need resourcefulness. And this is the problem I've found, and you've probably found it when you work as well, is people are trying to solve problems when they're stressed and worried and afraid. And they can't do it. Mm -hmm. And it's not they don't want to. They're motive. That's what I used to be, motivated, determined, had my goals, listen, I'll do anything, you know. Um, and But my brain kept making me make the wrong decisions, do the wrong things. It wasn't bringing me the right the right things. And I spent all my time trying to clean up messes that, that I should yeah. never have made. I mean, that's oh, my gosh. Years. I love this, Liam, because it makes it so clear. And once again, very visual. So very clear for people how the brain works and why we get stuck. I think you're completely mm. spot on with people um, spending quite a bit of time in that, uh, that fight or flight uh, section of the brain. And then we create things that we have to fight or fly uh, or flee That's from. Right. And, and it shuts down the creative parts. It shuts down the thought processes and the emotion to connect. And uh, so because the show is called From Fear to Fire, let's talk about how to maybe transition uh, from that state, if we, if we find ourselves spending so much time there, how do we transition from that state into another state, that creative flow state, perhaps, that will enable mm. us to achieve everything that we want. Sure. Well, the great thing is what I've just explained to people, I think, makes a huge difference for a start. Yeah. Because it's a bit like a car. When you understand how it works, you, there is no way you'd use it any other way. And someone might say to you, oh, you know, leave the handbrake on and, and drive it that way. You go, you're crazy. Well, There's no it. way it'll work if I drive it that way. So the beauty is when you understand even just what I've explained here, I go into a lot more detail in my podcast and my coaching program. But when you understand that, you go, I can see the problem. The problem is fear. The problem is me feeling anxiety, stress and worry. That's that is what is blocking me from living my ideal life. That's it. And when you realize that you say, 
I make sure I can, I do everything to avoid feeling bad, to avoid feeling stressed. And you start to become very aware of what you're putting into your head that's making you feel bad. And you go, watching the news on television, that makes me feel bad, it's got to go. Talking to that person who makes me feel bad, they've got to go. Being in a negative conversation with people, talking about the, the ills of the world, or even thinking about it yourself, that's all got to go. Because that's it. And it doesn't matter how determined, motivated you are. If, you've got, if you're feeding your brain with anything that makes you feel anxious, stressed, or worried, you're literally going into that state and you're blocking your ability to solve any problem, to create your ideal life. You know, imagine someone comes up to you and says, here's a glass of hydrochloric acid, drink it. You go, what? And they say, I'll give you a million dollars if you drink it, you'll love it. You go, look, you're insane for telling me to drink that because I know it's going to damage me. It's not going to do me any good. And it's the same with fear. Mm -hmm. Anything that makes you feel bad, you're going, that's insane that I would seek out to, to watch something or think something or expose myself to something. And people say, well, you can't do this. You have to be realistic. You have to live in the real world. <laughs> but it's amazing how your awareness shifts when you don't live in that state, because part of the, being in the creative state, your awareness expands. And what, you, what I like to say is when your awareness expands, the truth reveals itself and you really see what's going on. And it's not what you've been told mm -hmm. or led to believe or told that you should think so that you feel bad. You know, there's lots of reasons for all that, which we probably haven't time to go into. Right, right. But I think the most important thing, but that only comes from understanding that, that fear is the enemy. This is not how your brain works. And you haven't got a show of living your ideal life or even solving your problems to, to get on the road to it. If you're feeling fear and anxiety, it's literally the mechanism that shuts down your problem solving ability. Yeah. Incredible, yeah. Oh, isn't it? Oh my gosh. This is incredible because it becomes so clear. It becomes so clear for people why it is important to be able to make that shift and that we can control that. We do have the power to change what we're focusing on and how to release some of those fears and stressors and shift to filling ourselves and surrounding ourselves with more empowering people, with things that that open us. You mentioned about opening um, us and we'll be able to, things will be revealed, solutions and opportunities exactly. will be revealed. This is phenomenal. You know what, um, Liam, this is unfortunate because we're coming to the end of the show and I'm just getting oh, started wow. with my questions. <laughs> I know I have like at least another 30 minutes worth of questions for you. So we may need to have you back, but let's say that we've got some listeners out there who have just as many questions as I do. How can they find you? And I know that you have, um, you have a little discount for our listeners as well for your course. So take a moment and share with people how they can find you and, and a little bit more about that. Well, everything's really on my website, which is just liamnaden.com. Okay. And, if, and I have a whole process on, or have a whole program on firstly, understanding your brain. Secondly, how to identify and eliminate the things that are making you feel bad. And thirdly, the thing you need to do after that is deal with what's already in there because your brain is telling you things that aren't true. Yeah. So you need to get your brain to see the difference between an imaginary fear, which is all the stuff that you're, there's a nuclear war going to happen or whatever, yeah. and the lion running at you. And I have a program which is, and that's a technology I've created a process called neurostate rebalancing. Mm 
-hmm. And if anyone would like to enroll in that course, I'd certainly be happy to offer your listeners a a discount if they just get in touch with me and uh, we can do that. No problem. Oh, Liam, that's wonderful. What a gift. We really appreciate that. So what would you say, you've already given us so much, but what would you say are your final parting words of wisdom, something that you want to make sure that you leave people with? I think the most important thing is to realize, is to start to study and think about who you, who you might be mm-hmm. and how powerful you might actually be. And if you don't think you're powerful, if you think you're just a, you know, a victim, just question that and think, maybe I should find out whether that's actually true. And maybe I should just try and find out something about the brain mm-hmm. and what it actually is. And it doesn't take much research. It's like all of these things. Everything that you think is true, if you just do a little bit of research, you start to see that very little of what you think and what you've been led to believe is actually true. And then that's the journey, that's the path. And that's what's so exciting because it's so liberating and freeing. You can finally, like I finally, you know, I'm not saying I've got all the answers and I'm not saying this is, you know, I'm still learning, I'm still researching and I'm still working on it, but uh, it finally makes some sense as to why trying all these things and all the struggle, all it did was create more struggle and more problems rather than living your biological purpose, which is to be, you know, go out into nature and look at how, how stress-free nature is. Right. There's no problems in nature. That's the way we're supposed to be. Yeah. We're part of nature. We just mess it up because we're using the machine the wrong way. That's it. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. And it reminds me of just the other night, I was sitting out back watching the rabbits and the squirrels and the birds, and they were going crazy having such a ball. So that's what we're going to encourage you listeners to do, to get back to our natural state, to release the fear, to check out Liam Naden at liamnaden.com. We'll put the link into the show notes for you. Liam, thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing. Thank you, Heather. It's been um, great fun. Thank you very much for having me.